Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin. We have to do a housewife summit and the person who gives us the best opinions, gives us the dirt, is back with me. Brandon Alvarado is joining me today to not only talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey, which we're recapping every other week, but we need to discuss the Real Housewives of Orange County reunion, which aired the last two parts during the week of Christmas. Hey, Brandon. Hi. Wow. This is, I just need you to know, as you know already, but I, I need everyone listening to know that I truly am climbing out of my, like, un, from under the sheets right now. I'm like a hobbit these past few days because of the cold that's going around. To talk about Housewives, I've also been crawling under the covers when OC has been airing, when Jersey's been airing. I'm, I, I'm so excited to be talking about this because Bravo really gave us a gift by giving us all three parts of OC Seriously, I wonder if you are halfway sick just because you've had to watch so many housewives and deal with the holidays and like, you know, get ready for your big New Year's bash up in Boston. I mean, you're a busy man right now. I think my body just couldn't take it. I it really, especially with like Vicky screaming, I just don't think, I think my body had enough and just like completely, if I was on that reunion set and I was like Bronwyn receiving that like weird hatred from Vicky, I think I would just not only be sick, but probably have to go to the hospital oh my god seriously she she took it like a champ which was odd i thought for a newbie she's really taking a lot of like crazy straight from vicky but then again vicky so was absolutely so over the top nuts that maybe it was just like well it's not even worth fighting with this crazy person i know and i'm kind of surprised bromwin didn't cry i'm happy she didn't i think it's like shows growth from her season i think she just is now has a better understanding of who Vicky is and just the way the show is. I think she gets enough public support that I think she probably knows that the audience probably won't completely side with Vicky. Um, True. And I think, and I, think I, I don't know, I like, and I, I, but also when you're hearing what Vicky says, it's so absurd and crazy that I'm glad that Bronwyn just sort of, for the most part, laughed it off, but also explained herself and just made herself, honestly, I liked her much more after this reunion. I do too. I don't really like her that much still, but I liked her more after the reunion than I did before it. So I I agree with that. Quick question for you, by the way. Do you think that Bravo should just be airing all their reunions the way that they did with OC? You know what? I don't know why they did that during the thick of the holiday madness. I mean, people are, it's really, it was hard for me at least to get away and watch my stories while I had a house full of people because we were forced to watch family movies all together. Uh, sidebar, yes. I talk about that on Patreon. Like, <laughs> it was not a pleasant experience. But this is not a week to me to be airing everything at once because people are going to have to catch up on that shit later. They can't all watch it live. Then again, it was kind of cool to see all of the parts so close together. So you didn't have to wait for the drama to unfold for almost a month, you know? So I I don't know. I, I actually think that Bravo should be airing. Obviously a holiday week is tough, but I think that any uh, given part of the year, I think that it might be better for them just to air their reunions within like one or like a week and a half, which is what they did with OCs. Like, air it within like a week and a half. I liked it so much better that way. I was, it, you don't have to wait that long. I thought the reunion was overall more entertaining because part one is always a little bit, and OCs reunion, all three parts are very good, but a lot of the time with some reunions, part one could be kind of boring or like you're setting up for something, and, and but you're waiting an entire month to really see the whole thing. And so I think that they might just do better if they just air them all within a short time span right and then they're not overlapping with other shows being in weird places and things like that and you can kind of get the one show out of your system 
before you really dive into another one, you know? Yeah, because I know yeah. Vanderpump Rules is taking their time slot, which is why I think they had to burn off the reunions. And right. I don't, I'm, I don't even know what it'd be like to have Vanderpump Rules and OC and Jersey and Atlanta and Dallas all at once. It's too much. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about the big topics of the OC reunion. Okay. Number one, Vicky flipping out. Her, she had a backstage meltdown before she was brought out. She had one after she stormed off, and she had one on the show. And they all had yes. to do with, they all had to do with, whatever she says they were about, we know what they were about. They're about her being demoted. Yes, 100%. And I, what's so funny to me about that, actually, is that I don't really know what time the friend of housewives are called on to set i don't know what time their call times are but i feel like the friend does have gotten away with getting in a little bit later and i know they I, i'm sure they purposely got vicky in on the same time as everybody else because they wanted to see the meltdown happen and they just didn't tell her like oh by the way you won't be on for act two like that's what happened right do you think so that's amazing oh I shout think out to the producer the producer handling her backstage i was like this person needs to be given a spa day maybe a week away in a different country just to relax no cell phone i mean that poor person was dealing with vicky the entire time and they deserve some kind of reward they deserve everything. Because do you remember? Okay, the reason why I'm considering this is because Evolution Media does both Beverly Hills and OC and yep. Trump Rules. And I don't remember exactly what time Camille showed up at the reunion for Beverly Hills this past season. You might remember more than I do. If anyone, if any listeners remember, please say in the Facebook group. Does I feel like we saw a shot of Camille rolling in onto set later than everybody else. Like they were already starting to shoot. I feel like we did too. The the thing that. I remember most about Camille, unfortunately, is her exit when she was just ripping <laughs> off her dress while walking. That was good. That was an amazing exit. I mean, Vicky, though, was trying to top it with her devil incarnate exit. <sighs> like, she just went complete demon spawn. She completely lost it. The woman got showed up at 5 a.m. like everybody else. She so thought she was going to be on. I mean, she really, I mean, she admitted she thought she was going to be on the first act of the reunion. Like, she was a housewife. And she's like, I've been, I've been treated like a lapdog. I've been treated like a lapdog. I'm going to leave. Like, and I, my favorite thing is when Steve, it was, <laughs> she like walks, she like hops outside in her yellow dress, full hair and makeup, and basically threatens to leave. And Steve is like, well, well no, Steve is the one who's like, well, maybe we should just leave Vicky. And Vicky just like her face, like she's never had to contemplate anything tougher in her life. She was like, what, what? Like, she just so desperately wanted to be like, Steve, shut the fuck up. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving this reunion. Right. He called her bluff. He's like, you know, you can just get in the car and go. Like, you don't have to be here. And she's like, Ugh. like, she does. He doesn't quite understand she needs the drama to be captured on film for her to exist. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And it she was, knows it that was too. You know? I got to ask you, by the way, do you remember in the trailer for the reunion when she literally, it was right before she goes, fuck off, and closes the door. It was, she was saying something to the crew. She was like, she was like, stop the cameras. This is my show. It's my career it's, that I started 15 years ago. Do you remember that? Like, she was like, right before she went into the room and she was caught on camera, she was like screaming at production. Was that in the show? She was screaming about the 15 years and her starting the show backstage, on stage, side stage, <laughs> in the hallway, in the, like, in the Vanderpump Rules dumpster area out back. I mean, she there was, was nowhere that she wasn't screaming about that. Let she me clarify, yes, because she was screaming 500 times. Like, the like, I, it's my show. It started 15 years ago. I think I'm just thinking of one particular moment that may, <laughs> may have been. Honestly, again, because reunions aired so close <laughs> to each other, maybe they just saw, sort of all melded and molded <laughs> into my brain. Because I just remember her at one point screaming, stop the cameras. Of course, I did not stop the camera. No, of Maybe course she not. It. Of course I don't know not. what she was doing when oh she was huffing God. and puffing outside of showbiz studios. 
Oh my God. And then when she was getting into it with Andy and he was like, you know, you're just setting yourself up for us to roll montage after montage. I mean, that was awesome. Number one, she's like, I did not audition for this show. The show, I I never put a tape in for the show. And okay, maybe it was an audition. Maybe it wasn't. It was her neighbor who pitched the show to Bravo. And, but he basically recorded her on what very much looked like a a tape for her. I'm saying tape because I'm a hundred years old, but video footage of her like showing who her who she is showing her house her life that's that's basically an audition oh it was amazing so it comes up it's so it's her showing her house and with brianna in the video and she goes you know i have a bar to like to have parties and then it cuts to like vicky wolfsmith i guess her other her, her old married name <laughs> and it just lists what she does and it says her husband works for home depot uh, home depot and it cuts back to vicky just kind of smiling at the camera at her desk Totally unrecognizable. 102 faces ago. We don't even know who this woman is. No, we have no idea who Vicky Wolfsmith is. With the music like... (laughs) Wolfsmith. In her sky top. I mean, how great was that to see that original tape, though? Andy's like, please stop saying things that just give us permission to roll tape on refuting everything you're saying. She's like, "Uh, whatever, whatever. And then she says, after I started the show, blah, 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 I never auditioned. She goes, don't forget where you came from. Ah," Like, completely threatening him. I'm like, what's oh, happening it was right now? So bad, and they and they certainly got payback. They cut so deep with those with that footage. I thought I remembered everything on this show. I did not remember that random woman from high school. From I, literally, the footage was 2007, and this woman's like, Vicky and I went to high school together, and she was my first girl kiss, and we were going to do something more. <laughs> I was like, ah. because was like, that's I the montage. That. That's the montage that they roll after she says, "We're lowering the bar." I started the show, and it's all about class and being role models. She's like, now we're lowering the bar and doing these horrible things and Broadwin's at the center of it and da-da-da. Then they roll tape of her doing a million horrendous, ridiculous things on camera. I think my favorite one was peeing the bed. And then she like, you just see the spot on the bed and on her skirt. I know. Here's what's great about Vicky, though. She still doesn't get it. She doesn't know how to argue or defend herself or even attack other people because she is so absolutely insane. When they oh, yeah. when they actually have the peeing the bed as one of the examples of just crazy shit she's done on screen, she goes, but I didn't know I peed. I didn't know I peed. <laughs> and I'm like, who says that? <laughs> no one says that. Also, the funny thing about that is that no one, I think, was judging. I, I, first of all, I would never judge Vicky for peeing the bed. It was clearly an accident, but also when Vicky judges other people for their behavior, it's very easy to look back and be like, okay, this is what you've done all these years on the show. I, every, like anything Vicky's done on the show, Vicky, oh, showing the boobs to Dr. Debro. Like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, Vicky's really cool and fun until she tries to use it against someone else. Forgetting that we have 15 years of footage of her doing God knows what. Also, like if we're just going to bring it back to a real place, she had a horrendous boyfriend, Brooks, who we didn't even bring up during this reunion. And thank God nobody did, because that is always the trump card that you could use against her. But it's true. And she went along at the end, whether she knew it or not, and him faking cancer. And that was worse than anybody making out or showing their boobs or dancing on a table or anything. So Vicky talking about like role models, we're raising the bar. Stop. Stop, lady. I gotta, I gotta say, do you remember that what, the Vicky, so Vicky had her like, oh, Andy Cohen's like, oh, and Vicky's got engaged this year. Take a look. And like, most of the clips were the Brooks clips. And you just see her at one point, you hear her say, you guys love to show those clips, don't you? <laughs> how hardcore 
everyone trolled Vicky the entire time. And they basically did it until she exploded. I mean, she exploded back in the dressing room. I just pictured like Vicky parts all over the walls after that door was closed. Like, I just would never get over Vicky telling like random producers, random interns, random assistants. I've been here longer than you and you and you and you. I've been here the longest out of everybody that started the show. After she took that photo with the creator, Scott Dunlop, I, I didn't even know Scott Dunlop was on set, but if they took a photo together. <laughs> she pointed at somebody who was like wearing a headset and giving her a coffee. And she goes, and you. And you. <laughs> I'm like, that girl looks 22. Like what? She was like talking to kids. Yeah, she really was. <laughs> that and girl you, was in you, pre-K when this show started. So please stop. <laughs> Granted, that was some funny shit. I'm sorry. That was pure was so comedy. Good. That was pure comedy. Okay. These people backstage really need to have their own separate reunion where they just sit in a circle and talk about the Vicky situation going on for those 17 hours that day. I got I to gotta say, as much as Vicky, God bless her, is a, a, a bigot, a terrible garbage human, like God knows what's wrong with her. She really is funny as shit when she doesn't intend to be. <laughs> she so doesn't good. intend to be. She's trying to argue and make a point and everyone's just laughing at her because she's so ridiculous. Now, did you think, now you mentioned she's a bigot. Okay. Did you think that she was being bigoted, being homophobic? when she was talking about Bronwyn making out with Tamra and or just other women or whatever, bringing other women into her bed. I thought, I didn't know what to think. It's really tough because I think that Vicky, um, I, Vicky's always been weird about like girls kissing girls, as she says, because apparently they're not women, they're girls, um, according to Vicky. Right. Even when you're 72, you're a girl. Oh, but yeah, you're a girl. Vicky's always been weird about that, and she. Oh, I remember even when like someone kissed. I was probably Tamara kissed her on the lips, and like Vicky like wipes it off. Like there is, she. I think there is definitely a homophobic side of Vicky, and they even cut back. To, I mean, not even a homophobic side. I think she was just blatantly homophobic to Bronwyn, and you see the cuts back to clips where she's like, "Well, I know that you know girls kiss girls and boys kiss boys, but like if you like one, like you know, like." It doesn't make any sense. How do they like it? Like, Vicky doesn't understand what sexual uh, fluidity is, or she doesn't even understand what bisexuality is. Like, Vicky, I I think Vicky's someone who just doesn't believe that being bisexual is real, because at one point she does scream to Bronwyn, pick a lane, which is what every homophobe says. Oh, my God, you're right. She did scream that. I blocked that out. She did scream that. You know, Vicky, she's always been that way, and that is really gross. You're right. it's been so gross. And the thing is, I think Vicky could actually make arguments if she really wanted to for why she wouldn't be homophobic and why she just hates Bronwyn. But I think when she screams things like pick a lane, like that's it's very obvious that Vicky not only hates Bronwyn, but also very clearly is homophobic in some way. And I think that Vicky just very much believes that if you like men, if you're a man that likes men, you're gay. If you're a woman that likes women, you're gay, you're a lesbian. Like, I think she just really thinks within those binaries and. So I think when she sees Bronwyn making out with Tamara or, or talking about threesomes, I think she genuinely is disgusted and uncomfortable. I think Vicky just doesn't get it and doesn't want to understand it. No, she doesn't Vicky want would... to. She's very unevolved in a lot of ways. And this is just one of them that's highlighted over and over again. Yeah, like I, I think Vicky's just I think she would say she's a traditionalist, whatever that means. I think it's very interesting that Vicky's like talking about how uh, judging Bronwyn's marriage when Vicky really has no room to judge about anybody's marriage. And not only because of what happened with Don. Vicky should just not be just should not be judging marriages. No. Like I, obviously, what happened with Don doesn't make her look any better. But Vicky should never be judging anyone else's marriage because, first of all, who cares? Second of all, why does it bother her? 
it's crazy to me that she's like talking about how it's disgusting that Bronwyn and Sean would have threesomes. Really? I know, but this is Vicky's job to to have the moral high ground when she herself is heinous. That's her role. Right. She is right. like a heinous, disgusting person most of the time. And then she always wants the moral high ground. She pulls out her Bible and reads verses to people. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. don't you remember her whole Satan is confusing? You know, she's just like, Satan is confusing. She would bring up, I'm yes. Jesus on the cross. It's like, oh my God, please stop. Okay, same with Tamara. Tamara, who was baptized in the pool and then like is just a total piece of shit human being. Constantly talking about Jesus. She divulges. And who knows if this shit is true or just Tamara trying to get more airtime. I feel like everything she says is half, if not more, of a lie about the fivesome that she had with Eddie. Just out of the blue. They were just like randomly having sex somewhere and then her three friends joined in. Ha ha ha. I'm like whatever, Tamara. Oh, I think Tamara just absolutely just wants to one-up Ron whenever she can. I think that Tamara is just so... Tamara is someone who will always be threatened by women in general but specifically women who she deems to be th- like she to, to pre- prettier than her just like kind of more sexually um free and expressive and and so that's why we have gretchen obviously i have no doubt that she'll turn on bronwyn one day she'll turn on bronwyn oh absolutely she turns on everyone like kelly dodd was the mvp of the reunion just because she laughs in people's faces and she looks great and she doesn't care and she's like whatever i'm getting engaged in five days and she is also just a nightmare human but she's the mvp of this cast to me because she truly truly seems like she she will want number one fight to the death she has like a weird vulnerability about her that I can't put my finger on that I it keeps me coming back. She's not just awful. And she laughs at people who are yelling at her, which I love cracks it. me up. Oh, it's so good. And I gotta say, and listen, do we I do I have to agree with Shannon in one sentence, which is or the one thing she said about how Kelly does get away with more than other true. housewives do. That is true, Shannon, she's right. But I do love seeing Kelly just really pissed them off because i think kelly was for most of the season pretty much gaslit by everybody i mean really i mean and kelly's a very easy target they know it like kelly's always been a very easy target for this group she flies off the handle people can make her look to be crazy really easily i think it's i think that these women will always know that if they want to like stir up any issues or if they want someone to explode they could easily get kelly to do it it's just the way kelly's always going to be i I do think that I have not seen Kelly be so gaslit since, like, I think her first season, like season 11, which went to Ireland. I agree. I think they know that they can make Kelly act terribly because she has this innate quality of acting terribly when she's angry. And so they're just constantly looking to poke her and do that. Remember, yeah, the Ireland thing when they were like, oh, let's all order drinks, make sure Kelly drinks and like trying to like even put vodka in her drink when she wasn't looking and stuff and she knew it because she's like I do get angry I have anger problems but they love to see her fly off the handle and then tell her you're inappropriate uh, it's so bad it, it really is so bad and they do it every year and mm-hmm. uh, or they try to do it every year but they haven't done it this successfully since uh, since Ireland um, but I will say that I oddly, I don't know why, but I think the Vicky Kelly friendship oddly warms my heart. I, I like them better as friends. And I, every time they like kind of suit a sort of sort of make up, I get oddly emotional about it. I know that when they made up in the hallway, I'm like, you know why? Because these two could take a blowtorch to everyone just as crazy ladies. And it would be kind of funny to us. But at the same time, <laughs> they can never truly be friends. 
True. But I gotta say, I think they actually, and tell me if I'm wrong, Erin, this might be a fever dream of mine, I think they actually do love each other in some fucked up way. Really? Kind of like the Tamara Vicky thing, where they love each other and they hate each other all at the same time. Yes, which is why I think they go so deep in their Mm. blows. Yeah, maybe that's true, because when you don't really care about a person, you're like kind of indifferent, you don't really go that deep. You don't, and like, I just remember, like, I, I... it's weird because they they go so deep and they're and they're both very bad at insulting each other like i'll never forget that florida trip where it's just like she of course like kelly's calling her a con woman and calling her ugly which is awful kelly should not be calling anybody ugly but vicky had no idea what to say so she, at one point she just calls her a slut just to try and hurt her you're a slut like what like okay <laughs> so i, I think these two they have such a fiery energy i think there is love there in the most fucked up of ways like in a way that they probably should not be friends but they there is a love there. It's weird. Well, I was talking to Elisa Rosen about Kelly and her new fiance, the Fox News guy. Rick. And, yeah, Rick. And Elisa knows him from way, way, way back in the day. And we were like, are these two going to murder each other? Like, who's going to murder who first? Like, it's going to be a full on Betty Broderick situation because both of them are super crazy. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Actually, I got to ask you about marriages. Who's going to murder each other first? Kelly and Rick or Kenya and Mark on Atlanta. Oh my God. Right. That is a sad ass situation. He is a nightmare and she is ready to murder him. Every time she looks at him, he is the same. I mean, you're right. That's another fire and fire combination. I rewatched the dinner. Actually, right before we started recording, I rewatched the di- the dinner scene on Atlanta with uh, Kenya and Mark, uh, yeah. Cynthia and Mike and Candy and Todd. Nightmare. And I've never seen Kenya want to murder someone more. Like, both of them, honestly, they both wanted to kill each other so much. Like, they really, those two hate each other. That's they me. hate <laughs> That's each me. other. I mean, they truly, uh, one of them is going to poison each other in their sleep. I mean, that 100%. will happen. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. So we should have just like a little poll going. Kelly and Rick or Kenya and Mark. Let's the see. Only- the other couple that I could see also could kill each other in the moment is, and this is a weird one, Carrie Brittingham and her husband Eduardo in Dallas. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's true. I think they would just like divorce, though. I don't think they would actually go to the murder place. They <laughs> no, not... no, they'd be more. They'd be more reasonable about it. You're right. They That's would. Crazy. They'd be like, you know what? Like, I kind of want a house out of it. Whereas Kenny would be like, I don't care if I go to jail for the rest of my life. And same with Kelly and the guys too. Okay. Right. Now speaking of terrible, terrible marriages. I mean, let's touch on before we go on to New Jersey. Gina's sad life. I mean, oh. she is finally divorced from this douchebag Matt. We found out details of the actual arrest and what happened. She was just crying through it. Tamara refused to hug her or even offer a hand because a pillow was in the way. What the fuck, Tamara? And Gina just like kind of divulges probably to me what was one of many really scary domestic abuse situations that have gone on in their marriage. I can't imagine it's the first time. And I, no. And I got to say, I almost started, I think I started crying a little bit when Gina was I really like Gina and I want her to stay. Um, I thought that the story was so heartbreaking. I think any situation where someone has to run outside and bang on their neighbor's door begging for help. I mean, the, the, even this detail that he dragged her back into the house. Oh, God. Brandon, I know. There. The kids were there. The kids were in the I remember reading that where the kids were in the house because it was her house. And it was so horrifying. I'm glad that she's doing okay. I'm like, I'm honestly still shaken up by the story because I, I picture everything. I was like both riveted and terrified because you just know the moment she's like, I was in the Uber and he was out of it. You just know something that was, I mean, you know that it was going to be like, we knew what the end result was, but you could just, you could build up. It's terrible. I was tearing up too. And 
all that I kept thinking was OJ and Nicole Simpson. I mean, I was like, oh my God, the dragging back, the running to the neighbors, the, you know, probably secrets and lies going on for a very long time. The children being in the house and him not caring. I'm like, the next step is murder. Like for real. I mean, we joked about like the crazy people murdering each other. We don't really mean that listeners. You guys know that. Now this situation is truly dangerous. I mean, I was, I had goosebumps. I was in pain for her when she was talking about it. I'm like, please be safe. Please I keep think, yourself yeah. safe. She was brave to talk about it. I really believe that she was very brave to talk about it. Mm. And I think as well with Gina that um, I, th- I I just felt so terrible because there were still moments where she was still almost giving excuses for why you could be angry as if anything he did was acceptable. And I, and I, I think that Gina will one day see that none of this was ever in any single way her fault. I don't think she believes any of it's really her fault, but I do hear her trying to sort of say, well, you know, I left him and he climbed up and he was upset and he was drinking and it still looks like, I mean, those, that's the father of her kids. It's this person that she's been married to for years. It, it, it broke my heart when she was still giving those like little excuses. And I the know. show really gave us hints that he was very unwell. Like the I remember that one scene where she said that he like, showed up at her house in her bedroom at like one in the morning or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, just the thing where it's like uh, the whole honeymoon period, like everything's great again and we're going to hotels and he's going to be the best ever. And it's perfect. It's like, Oh my God, this is such a cycle of abuse. And you know, many of us have had family members or parents or someone, a best friend who have been in this cycle and we can see it from far away. It's very hard to see it when you're in it. So I understand. And also the codependence of wanting to cover up and when you go back to them being ashamed but then making excuses for them because you don't want everyone to think you're a fool I mean the poor thing I'm just I'm grateful and this sounds crazy but I'm grateful the cameras are following her around I thought the same thing and I thought maybe I shouldn't be saying that because maybe no I think it's great I'm also grateful I think I'm like thank god she has this show thank god she has her own income thank god she has cameras following her and thank yep. god in this case that she's in the public eye because I hope that in some way it keeps her a little bit safer because God knows what, I mean, listen, I want Gina to come back next year. I think that she was brave to share her story. And I know some people believe that maybe her story is quote too dark for the show. I don't agree at all. I think that this is what the housewives is for at the end of the day is telling real stories about real women and their marriages. And unfortunately domestic abuse is shockingly common and it's not the first housewife who's faced domestic abuse. It will not be the last does not mean their story should not be told. I agree. I I think that Gina, I, I picture what her life would be if she didn't have the cameras either before or after the situation. I mean, she's alone. I mean, like her family's not in Orange County. (laughs) She's alone with her kids. I mean, I do. I'm happy for her that she has this space where hopefully she could feel like she has one, a a space to talk about her true story and her real, her real experience, but also in some way, hopefully feel a little bit safer. I I agree. I think there's some safety in being public like that and having be on a a reality show. It sounds crazy, but there just is. You're not completely in the shadows. This guy is known. This stuff is public record. I mean, I don't know. I think it's helpful. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But that's just I I agree with you. Okay, we're going to move on to New Jersey. One word about Shane, though, before we go. Was he more human on the reunion or was that just a bunch of bullshit? I think he was more human, but I don't want people to forget that people who are, I mean, I think Emily has a very toxic marriage. I think we've seen enough times that Shane's not very good to her. I'd like everybody to remember that just because Shane put on a good front on the reunion does not mean that suddenly he's a very good person. A lot of men who are even a little bit emotionally abusive, whether Shane is or not, but even men who can, who have that capacity very much can put on a good front and usually do. I agree. Thank you. Slow clap 
for Brandon Alvarado. I completely agree with you. It's like just one little speech about how you think she's beautiful and you love her and you're working on your marriage doesn't negate all of the times the camera caught you just being a royal prick. And we've had two seasons of it, two seasons of him being an asshole. I'm like, really? We're going to pretend now? Because now everyone's starting on Emily a little bit, like on at least the cast. Like, they're like, well, Emily, you weren't honest. I mean, why didn't you present the good stuff? I'm like, really? I, and of course, Tamara and Shannon, I'm sorry. Like, Tamara is the first one to defend an abuser. Because Tamara, even like, I, she didn't say it outright, but Tamara, when Tamara was ta- asked Gina, like, how long can Matt go to jail for? And, and Gina says very clearly, what Matt did can put him in prison for seven years. Mm-hmm. Tamara's like, ooh, like... Tamara, as if she care, as if Tamara like what really cares about like family. Tamara's the one who told Gina and Matt to get back together. So sorry. exactly as if Tamara cares about anything in this world. Right. I mean, she created <laughs> Ryan. Let's all remember <laughs> hashtag never forget. Yeah, and they tried to make him a thing this season. Never going to happen. Oh, my God. All right. Let's move on to Real Housewives of New Jersey. All right. There are some big storylines going on, and there are some, of course, B, C, D, E, and F storylines going on. The A storyline is and has pretty much always been Teresa's fucked up life. I mean, it is now come to a head in the filming. We skipped a week over Christmas, and on the night of New Year's, I believe they're back, and we're going to see what happens next. But what we found out the last time we saw the Housewives was it was Easter Teresa found out from her lawyer, who people thought she was having an affair with, but it turns out, I think it's the pool guy, uh, that Joe's appeal was denied. And she tells the girls, all except Adriana, the youngest one, and it is the saddest Easter dinner situation I've ever seen. I mean, it truly was sad. I fully cried, just so you know. Fully cried during that dinner. Um... It was so upsetting. I was like, it was very I'm upsetting, like, not because Teresa's a good person, not because she doesn't deserve all the shit that's coming to her, but just because of those girls. It's the girls, and I think any situation where uh, a parent is ripped away from their child or a child, a children are ripped away from their parents is very tough. I just think it's very tough, and I feel bad because these girls want their dad back, and it was a really sad seed. And I will say, you know, as much as people hate Teresa, I'm not the biggest Teresa fan myself. She did her time. She paid the restitution, and now she's a single mom. So what else can we expect from her at this point, really? Come on. I know. know, And and Nono is not looking good. And him tearing up when they raise their glasses to his deceased wife, you know, their mom. I'm like, how much more can our hearts take? I mean, we have been with these people for a long time. A lot of them are garbage people, but this is really fucking sad. (laughs) I don't know if I can handle this kind of sadness. It is so sad. And I, 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 I don't know. Uh, and like, did you did you see the mid season trailer by the way, where it shows that the Teresa going to Italy with the girls? Yes, I we're gonna cry during that too. I'm sure. I'm we like, are. Jesus. We are. We have I, problems. Also, I mean, Pink Shade listeners, if you cry too at this inane shit, like, please let me know and help us not feel alone and crying over terrible people. But I'm invested. I've, it's like a it's like a soap opera, but with real people. We've been watching it for so long. It's yeah. like we know their lives, and it is unbelievably dramatic i mean this is one of the most dramatic stories that's ever happened on housewives it's a it's a it's a great story to watch uh in the way not in like a sick way like oh it's great to see this family fall apart it's great it's great to watch this very 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 real story that i don't know what other outlet would get it from right now this is i mean i do think that the judice is for sharing the story it's a big thing and um it's it is compelling whether whether we whether we like Teresa or not the story i think is very compelling watching her and melissa 
share this meal together too was honestly big because you know people who've watched the show for years know that like that was we, there was a point where we never thought that would happen i know and melissa bringing the sprinkle cookies and them laughing I, about it i was like oh, how did we get here i never thought we'd be here and melissa made a great point being like you know even then the unfortunately I had to take this awful situation for them to get closer but you know what like it, it, I'm glad that they are close and I actually saw a photo of them um, if you look on Teresa's Instagram and Melissa's Instagram they were together on Christmas Eve I know right they're acting like they're a family maybe just for Instagram I don't know but maybe because it's actually happening who knows with these people how amazing is Gia though like did camera did the camera crew did the producers on this show raise her secretly on the side? I've theorized this for a long time that these girls have been so little and the, the family has been so problematic from the very beginning that possibly production has stepped in and like helped raise the kids because the kids are so much more amazing than the parents. It cannot be an accident. No, it's Gia is such a I, all the girls are really good, but Gia is such a trooper, and it really feels like she's raising Teresa, which is fascinating to watch. And I just yeah, Gia seems like a really really good kid. Shockingly, because it really is a shock that any of those girls are like good kids. But honestly, all four of them are. Melania is settling down. I mean, she loves her dad so much. You know, for good or yeah. for bad, it's your dad. Like I get that. I can relate to that. You know, like you don't have to have the perfect parent to still love them. It's just a biological thing sometimes or who knows what it is but she has been acting out for a long time because she had that personality i think she's been affected the most by the situation in some ways gia's maturity she's mature beyond her years which is possibly problematic for her later down the road because that can be a real hard pill to swallow when you're older that your childhood was robbed of you and you had to take care of the other siblings but when she took Adriana by the hand and led her away from the table to give her privacy while she was crying, I'm like, that is the most mature thing any child or adult has ever done on this show. It was so mature. She seems like a great sister. And compassionate. Oh, totally, totally. And I think and I think Teresa, despite everything that she's gone through still, I mean, Teresa's whole thing is that she has a very hard time showing her emotions, I think, to anybody I mean, Teresa admits that she doesn't really cry until she's like alone in bed at night. So I think it's hard. I think she has a lot of compassion for those girls. You see that you see the emotion come out with them and her father. And I think that is really good to see as well is that I think everyone's trying their best. I think Gia is clearly the most mature. I have to say too, random note, it's very weird to see Teresa still with like teenagers and like adults. Like it's it's like, I only picture Teresa with like babies. Right. I know. And Gia's like ready to go off into the world. It's yeah, it is interesting. But Teresa also was recently pictured out with, is it the pool guy? The guy we've been seeing his installing the hot pool pool guy, the hot pool guy who she really was like, I should have taken you to prom. Like what happened? And everyone's like, oh, she's totally having an affair with him. Well, it turns out she basically is. Like, that's who she's with. And she has allowed it to leak out or officially announced that she is leaving Joe. Oh, yes. I, oh, he was at Christmas Eve, too, by the way, the pool guy. What? I, okay, yes. I need to. I absolutely need. I've been off social media, and ter- except for just my own, keeping up with my own shit. I need to look at these pictures. Okay, so what you'll see is, so Teresa and Melissa were together. The families were together because the girls are in Italy with Joe, but Teresa's home with Nono and the Gorgas. And so Teresa posted photos with her and Melissa and Antonia, but then Joe Gorga posted a video with the pool guy in it. And at one point I think made a comment about him being like his 
brother-in-law or something. What? I don't know if that's not a quote, but that's like he made definitely a comment about him and Teresa, like alluding that they were together. Oh. He was there for a reason. He wasn't there for no reason. My God. Okay, well, good for her. I mean, she's so, so dumb. I hope that he's dumb too, because like if someone's even halfway intelligent, they'd, it'd be very painful to be with her. So maybe it's just two big dummies getting together. Hopefully he's nice to the girls. That's all we can ask for. I got to say, I'm very happy for her. I hope that she has the best time. I actually very, I very much want to see next season Teresa dating. We've never seen it, and I really want to see it. We, we've seen it in the press. We've never seen it on the show. No, how awkward would it be? Oh, my God, seeing Teresa flirting with someone. I mean, she already oh, was awful. kind of flirting with him, like, lightly. Oh. But full on, I don't even... It'd be like watching, like, uh, single-cell organisms mate. Like, I can't even imagine... It would be horrible to watch and everything I need to see. Like, I need to see it immediately, and I, I, I just hope we get it. And the fact that we did get the announcement of their separation, the fact that it leaked, obviously it wasn't surprising, but I still felt that little bit of, like, ooh, like, as if it was surprised Because it's weird, because they've been together for so many years, whether they were really together or not, uh, during their time in prison, but... Oh, they were not. I mean, and you know, Joe Judice is over in Italy, like hiring like a new prostitute every 24 hours. I mean, oh, he is definitely just living his own life over there. Okay. He's so the BCD, the, the other storylines going on are Danielle and <laughs> Teresa have drinks. Danielle is maybe sleeping with Marty. Margaret and her husband, Joe, are horrified by this because they have been basically like Marty's life coach, even though they pushed <laughs> him in the pool last season. Your husband's in the pool. Like, all of a sudden, they are very invested on Marty not going back into that badge. And they are grilling him about it at their house. Danielle and Teresa, when they were overdressed, getting drinks um, at that weird bar, when Danielle was just, like, basically openly plotting, like, how she was going to get her house back. And she literally (laughs) said, I want the house. And at one point, she was just saying, well, if you have Marty, then you don't need Oliver. (laughs) It's like, honestly, one of the best things I've ever seen is just Danielle being so open about the fact that she's basically using these two men. And I respect it. And I I actually encourage her to keep going. I I love seeing Danielle as a grifter. And and Marty, isn't he, like, so stupid? I mean, what is going on with him? He's still living with her. so stupid. She's obviously doing whatever she's doing, giving him like, you know, spontaneous blowjobs out of nowhere just so she can keep the house. And he's like, well, you know, she's changed. She's a different person now. I'm like, what is happening? And so I understand why Margaret is like crazy when she hears these things. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, stop. However, I think Margaret needs to back away from all that crazy. I love Margaret. I'm getting a little bit worried about her involvement in this. I think that she's yeah. just too in it. And I think it's like, I it's it's starting to worry me. And I think it will come to a head because of next week, obviously, because of the hair pulling incident, which I cannot believe is already airing next week. Right. Plus. I'm so excited. Um, I just, I'm worried for her because I... I'm always will be on her side. I love her. And I, I don't think that Danielle's right in anything. And I think Margaret's basically always correct. But I do get worried that she's going to get too far into this because I don't know. I think even seeing. So we don't know how the fight really goes down yet. But in the preview for next week, we see that like they are verbally sparring and Margaret just like throws water at her head. <laughs> and I think that alone shows that like Margaret, as much as I love her, has gotten very comfortable with the idea of just sort of like 
One, I think that she thinks that she could just kind of do whatever and it'll be fine because it's Danielle. But I also think that Margaret doesn't realize who she's really dealing with. I no. think that Margaret, like Margaret got lucky that Danielle did not launch a glass at her head last season in Mexico. Do you remember that when Danielle tried to launch a glass after Margaret threw her Absolutely. Wine? Absolutely. Danielle would pull a full sword out of her boot. I mean, she has weapons on her for sure. Totally. And like, I got to say, as much as I love Margaret and I do not condone physical violence, I don't condone violence. As much as I love Margaret, I think Margaret, that if Margaret, like, if if Danielle didn't get physical and Margaret just poured water in her head, I think the hair pull might be something that she got coming. Ooh, I, I, I'm going to be honest about that. I know. I know. I don't know. We're going to watch it this week. I think it's this week, right? It's on New Year's it's this, night. It's this Wednesday. Yeah. Oh my God, Brandon. All right. Well, you know what? I know you're going to be with your friends living your best life, but when you watch it, we have to text each other and decide what we think. And we'll talk I'll, about I'll it next time we get then. together. I'll okay. Be home. okay. I'll be home by them watching it live. I love Margaret. Margaret, I support you always. I am. Wor- I'm just worried about that. I don't I too. Because Danielle, I would not mess with Danielle, and I do think that Margaret got away with it a couple times based on pure luck, and I think that Danielle pulling her hair may be a moment of just like, oh, this was always going to come. I feel like it's, why would you just keep fucking with a rabid coyote who has half of his paw chewed off? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. Danielle to me. It's like, don't, I, I, I don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. That is It is very basic, like, you play with fire, you're going to get burned, and I think Margaret's going to get burned. Yeah, I know. So, okay, this is the last thing I want to ask you. Jennifer had a very sweet scene with her brother and talked about her family. And I just thought that was a really good scene for her. But we were not, well, I don't even want to go into it. Dolores had a boring Easter brunch where Frank razzed David about commitment. Super stupid. Oh. Jackie taking her kids to her dad's house oh, and God. what he said about her. We have to talk about this before we wrap. I got to say, oh my God. Jackie, it's, it was horrifying, obviously. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I just, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm so, I was so, so horrifying. It's really tough because uh, I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of people were judging Jackie too. And like at one point her daughter was like, oh, you look pretty. And, and Jackie's response was like, well, it's 200 pounds. It's like, that's like, it's, it's sort of like the disorders coming out. Like it's the disorders talking a little bit. Like, I think it's tough because Jackie, obviously based on what we know, based on what she said is she's recovered, but at the same time, it's a journey. And I, I don't, I, I, I think I wasn't horrified by that response, but I was obviously horrified by what her father was doing. Right. Because I, you know, I don't think she is recovered. I don't think any one of us who are in something are recovered. You're in recovery. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah, so me. that was my no, no, and I totally, I but I get what you're saying. Like when when you said that's her disorder coming out, I agree with you. It's like yeah, it's there. She's battling it. It pops up. She battles it back down. But then to hear her fucking dad say, "Oh my God, look how big you were," and she's like, "Dad, I almost died. Like I haven't eaten." He's like, "But look at you now. It was almost worth it." I was like, what? I mean, I know we saw this in previews, but seeing the whole scene play out and the children sitting there while this stuff was said and the video rolling of her in high school being overweight, it was almost like too much to take. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I didn't understand. I also, yeah, it was unbelievable. And also I think if there was, if anyone really thought like, oh, it's her father and it's just old school ways, like, oh, it's ignorant. It's like, no, he almost, he did almost see his daughter die. Like he witnessed this. He wasn't like, it wasn't like he was out of the picture while she's, while she was like in the throes of her eating disorder. Like he witnessed all of it. So I think for him to make these insensitive comments, I'm like, why? Like why? He knew, he saw what she went through. And also why even play that video on camera? He did it purposely to put it on camera. I know. And why do that? And then also to say it in front of the children. I mean, that just... 
that like really pierced my heart because I thought, oh my God, I mean, I work hard in our house because my husband and I, especially right now after the uh, holidays, we talk about like, oh my God, we need to like cut down on like eating so much crap, like blah, blah, blah. I have a little nine-year-old and she'll be like, oh my gosh, you guys look fine. We're like, it's not about looks. We're just talking about being healthy. I never talk about my body. It's like, you really have to think about what children are hearing from you, you know? And for him to be saying that about their mom in front of them, like it was all worth it. Look at you now. And to think, what if these kids face weight gain in high school or something? They're going to remember that. Oh, it just broke my heart, Brandon. It made me so sad. Kids are like sponges. They will pick it up. Mm. And he honestly, he just should have known better. There was no like, I no I excuse. Won't even I won't even hear that he's like, oh, he's old. It's like, that's, that doesn't work. Like, he saw, he's literally saw his daughter almost die. There was no reason to say it. And I don't know if he was trying to do this as, like, a weird comedic bit. Like, he thought it'd be funny or if he was doing it just to humiliate her. I don't know what he thought he was doing. I don't know if he thought he was complimenting her. Like, it was really bizarre and so disgusting. It was disgusting. He has no excuse and it's unforgivable. He needs to apologize. Yeah, he does, and I'm glad that I'm glad that she called him out on camera and said that's wrong. I'm glad that that just I'm glad that that didn't slide because it was a a pretty horrifying scene. I am too. I am too. Oh my god! Well, thank you for breaking all of this down. I mean, New Jersey was some dark shit this week, and Jackie, Teresa, everything. But hopefully, after the hair pulling, we'll start seeing some different storylines pop up. I don't know what's going to happen next, and we we will still be watching everything else. And you guys, Beverly Hills is coming back very soon, and Brandon and I have discussed offline uh, covering that as well. I mean, I watch Beverly Hills even when it's bad because it's just such eye candy. I watch them all, but I wouldn't be opposed to covering it with the new castmates and just like how many women are involved and Brandy tweeting some crazy stuff this week about like, (laughs) I just got Denised. Who knows? I what it means to get Denise. I can't wait to find out. I, I love Denise so much. I can't wait to find out either. But you guys go over to the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook page and you can find Brandon on there. Also, Brandon, tell people where to find you on social media, other platforms. You can find me on Twitter at BB Alvarado and Instagram at the Brandon Alvarado. And you guys, you can catch me on the Jenny McCarthy show after the New Year's week is over. I'll be back on there pretty much every Friday for BFF Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Actually, no, sorry, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Channel 109 <laughs> Sirius XM Stars. And you can head over to patreon.com slash pinkshade for my bonus episodes and patreon.com slash heybunky for Mary Payne and I covering bonus shows over there. I also want to give a shout out to Bree, who became a premium sponsor over on the Pink Shade Patreon this month. Thank you, Bree. And Brandon, thank you always. I love talking housewives with you. We'll do this again soon. Yes, excited.